The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Do you remember when home video was in its infancy? The perfect video store is popping up all over the country. Do you remember the experience of renting VHS tapes at a store? Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Do you remember when you kept a video store membership card in your wallet? Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Hollywood Video. We get what you want. A warehouse is entertainment. Relive the days when dead media was alive and kicking. This is Rental Return. Tales from the Video Store. I'm Dirk Marshall. I was raised in VCRs and more plus movies in Springfield, Oregon, from as young as I can remember until the mid to late 90s. Wow. Okay. So this is exciting, Dirk. We're glad to have you here. This is an interesting perspective that most people don't have, right? When it becomes the family business. That being the case, what is your earliest memory of being inside a video rental store? So my father started the business and it was called VCRs and more because they rented VCRs. And I've heard you have guests talk about the big padded bags that the VCRs went in and camcorders. That was like the big business. And then I remember movies starting to pop up around. So you'd go to a gas station, you go into pay and there would be like three or four movies things, you know, as people started to rent stuff. And I think that clicked with my father. And so he opened across the street from that location. They grew and it was called VCRs and more plus movies. <laughs> yeah, plus, even though there was already a more. And it was right next to a place called Putt and Video, which was miniature golf and an arcade. So it was like quintessential 80s awesomeness all on one little strip mall. So my earliest memories are setting up that store they painted a little mural on the kids section. Like when you, I know you like to talk layouts. So you would walk in and on the left side was where the, eventually the dollar posters, all the POP stuff would go. And then the kids section on the other side of the main walkway was all the stuff that would be possibly for, you know, grownups. We didn't have the saloon doors and the pornography. My father was very against any of that. In fact, we only had one X-rated movie because he didn't know it was X-rated because someone took Sharpie and put a mark over the X on Andy Warhol's Dracula. <laughs> I, I am curious to know. So prior to jumping on, you know, this bandwagon, like getting into video rentals and all that type of stuff, what was the family business prior to that? Like, was this just one of many or was, was this kind of like, hey, we're getting started here? So my father's father was in basically his business was coin op gaming back in the day. So all oh. your jukeboxes, your pool tables, your, you know, the candy machines. And basically his big bread and butter was the photo machines that you'd see in like Woolworths and everything. And so that's what my dad grew up servicing all those machines in like taverns and stuff. And so then he got into, as he got older, of course, vinyl and cassettes. That was the big thing, putting that stuff into like stores like Bimart or whatever. And so it was just natural for him to continue this progression as media sort of changed and whatnot. He always loved like cameras and like family video and that so that led into camcorders, VCRs, and then, of course, movies. So that's that's where we ended up. Yeah. Wow. That's the amusements all throughout the family history <laughs> there. So then when you started visiting the store as it was, did you have a favorite section of the store? Was there something that, at least as a young child to begin with, that caught your imagination? 
Well, I spent so much time there that like I literally was like I would play in the aisles. I would have my little action figures, you know, bouncing around next to like ice pirates or whatever, like just like in the sci-fi section. I loved the horror section. I was a creature kid from a very early age. So all the box art and I would just, you know, spend so much time just perusing these things. But the thing that made it the most special was on the counter by the cash register, we had a popcorn machine. You got to have that. And then right back behind that on the return table where you'd put the VCRs, we would put a little blanket over it. And below it, I would have a top loader VCR and a travel TV. And I could just pull from the shelves and watch whatever I wanted, which is how I introduced myself to things like Critters and, you know, all the stuff that was like gateway horrors. Critters 2 had a huge impact on me because of the humor involved. And yeah, so that's just like that was my study session was that little spot there. That is great, though. So you had your own little private theater down below. Now, as far as who was working in the store there, like, was it all family run? Were you pulling in people from the community? Like, what was the makeup of the employee situation? So my dad had a business partner, Jim, and and another guy whose name I can never remember. But those three is who did all the VCR repair. So they had their like offices and behind the cash wrap. And that's where all that happened. Lots of uh, chain smoking by Jim. And I always remember this as a kid. Jim used one movie to test VCRs. And that movie was Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> so there was a lot of times I passed by Jim's office and the hot tub scene was happening. But so it was it was those business partners that he started the thing with. And then eventually, like my brother was older. He was five and a half years older. And so he would work there and there was a guy, Terry, there wasn't a lot of us. And so at a very early age, my job was, you know, putting stuff back. And and you don't uh, ask this question a lot, but I always wonder it for your guests is the system for renting because it's always different. Like I, I was recently at a store in Astoria, Oregon, and they used the token system, the, the little poker tags, like not, no, 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 poker tags, the little paper tags that have the number written on it that is hanging on a hook in front. And it made me so excited to see that once again. In our store, what we used was a Velcro strip in front of the, the tapes and then poker chips that had the number written on it that was stuck to the Velcro. It was the only time I've ever seen that in a store. That is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and we had the laminate machine in the back. So you'd take the tape out, you put the styrofoam inside and then, and you know, and you'd always every day day have people carry the box up and be like i would like to rent this and you're like well that's not here and they're like here's the box and we're like no i get that you're giving me the box <laughs> but you use these chips in front of it and they're like there isn't a chip and you go yeah so it's not here <laughs> so that's the situation do you remember like at all like the rental costs when you were the one actually checking people out like what what how did that evolve over the years or did it it didn't a lot for us there's two things that from listening to your episodes that i was like that's really I mean, there's a lot, but the two things that I had never thought about. One of them is the specials. We didn't really have specials. We had, you know, a flat rental fee, except for new releases was like a buck more. And then there was like a double day rental in your slow period in the middle of the week. And then that was basically it for, for the pricing and specials. So we were like probably around your dollar fifty. You know, new releases were probably two, two fifty. It, it wasn't that crazy, but everything was pretty steady because we were a neighborhood rental store. So it was kind of built in there. 
Yeah, that's great. So as you're getting more involved, you say you're starting by, you know, restocking tapes and things like that. But what started to become the best perk for you of having access to this family video store anytime you wanted working there? Like, what was it that excited you or did it? Uh, Well, so I loved perusing the catalogs, everything we'd get, all the promotional materials. I mean, nobody cared about any of the promotional materials. So I got everything like I got pens. I still have um, from the very end when I was even caring about video stores, which all came back people. But in my teenage years, I have an army of darkness, Swiss army knife, which was sent out as promotional material for that movie. And it was wild. The things that they would send out. I remember the space camp, like pendant flag that you'd put on the wall and like, you know, inflatable bats for bull Durham, like just crazy stuff. And I got all of it. Like my next to my bed was a giant stand up of Chucky with the scissors cutting the head off the jack in the box. It was like three feet tall. It was like the biggest thing in my room. So my favorite thing was definitely getting all of that stuff and having access to it all. So when people come in and they'd be like, I really, you know, I saw this movie in the theater. And so I put it on my back burner. And if we had an extra poster, I'd set it aside. So that kind of stuff was really fun. And then, of course, I would be remiss to not mention the promo tapes, because again, we got like pretty standard fare. So anything that was like strange or whatever, that was coming to me and I'm going to watch that thing. And so like The Wizard of Speed and Time became something that we watched a ton with friends. When Reservoir Dogs came out, I had the promo copy of that and I showed that to buddies. And in high school, every Friday, I would have people over and we would watch these promo tapes, big group of us. And along the bottom of the screen, it would say like, for promotional uses only, da 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 constantly repeating. And so we would chant it. So we would watch the movies and then every time they would scroll by, we'd be like, for promotional uses only, do it. You know, it was... <laughs> really really fun to see movies in that way oh that is great yeah like because again that that's the thing right that's that's the access that you had now how involved did you eventually get in helping to select titles to keep in the store none at all like by the time by the time i was really like of age and in high school and interested in this stuff i was way more focused in like things outside of my family because I grew up in this environment. It was so normal to me. Like I I didn't even realize it, that it was special until like five years ago. So like, I just, I was into music at the time. I wanted to go work at indie record stores. Like that's what I wanted to help. I was already helping buyers there because I'd come in and be like, hey, do you have this album? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, and they'd just hand me the sheets and be like, order some stuff if you're going to buy it. And so like I transitioned to indie record stores and then didn't even really think about how, like I thought working in record stores shaped how I see the world and how I study media and stuff because I would be like, oh, this is the producer. This is the label. This is the person in this band. They went to remix this thing, but it's all from video stores. It's all from being a kid. It's all from the VHS art. It's all from realizing this studio put out this and this, and you know, oh my gosh, Empire Pictures is amazing. So I'm going to watch everything from there. Like my entire life is impacted so heavily from growing up in a video store. It's almost comical to the point where like, I still relate to people through movies. Like if I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, uh, I have a kid who has a nut allergy. I'm like, oh, did you see this movie? And then my wife is like, don't tell them to watch that movie. That movie, that child is beheaded in that movie. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I don't even, I don't even know. So video stores and, and the, the people that run them and own them is, is very near and, and dear to my heart. Yeah. Well, and that being the case that, like you said, though, at a certain point, it kind of becomes mundane. It just is what is life. So was there a part of it when you were asked to work and help out that was not your favorite part? Rude people. 
because like when you're there all the time and that's your life, like it's like people coming into your home. And so like a customer that would come in would be like, I want, you know, whatever movie. And especially with the new releases, that's when people were the most passionate about getting it. And so you'd have people reserve things and stuff and you wouldn't have it. So people come in to be like, yeah, I want this. And you're like, okay, well it's out. And they're like, we'll check the returns. And you're like, okay. And like, when they're rude, I would just look down in the returns and look up and be like, it's not there. Yeah. And then, you know, when they would storm out, then I'd take it out of the returns and put it back on the shelf for someone who's polite. Like, it's just like, you know, when people weren't kind, or this is interesting for people, we had a machine that would rewind the tapes, of course, because people would forget. And it was a Corvette. There's a little Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of which, did you have any notorious customers over the years? Like people your dad had to deal with? He's like, nope, you don't come here anymore or things like that. Like, what can you recall about incidents? <laughs> I remember a lot about VCRs coming back filthy. And one time in general, I remember my father screaming and I ran back there and it was full of cockroaches. What? Yeah, that was pretty messed up. But my favorite... um. And I tell a lot of these stories on my podcast in the beginning, and especially the first couple seasons. But there was a customer who came back, a big brash man who was like, I want to return this. It's broken. It was a VCR. We're like, OK. And he's like, it doesn't play in color. And then I remember the employees taking a beat and being like, do you have a color TV? And the man was like, no, very defiantly. And we were just like, oh, who's going to explain this to this gentleman that, uh, yeah, that's part of the equation. So that's amazing. Oh, you guys were very involved in the technology and getting everything. So how did you see that evolve over the years? Like, were you guys always getting like a newer model of VCR? Did you feel like you had to be upgrading and offer? And was that always the rental was always a part of the business of the machines themselves? No, that part faded out after a while, obviously, as, as prices dropped and everything. I've heard you discuss on episodes like how tapes started out at a certain cost. And and one thing that I haven't heard mentioned, but I remember so much from the catalogs is the price breaking of things. And it's the only time I, I remember, I mean, the first time I remember seeing this as a kid was like, if you got 10 tapes for your store, it was like $89 or whatever. And then if you got 20 tapes, it was like $69. And if you got, you know, and that's how those big stores really edged out us mom and pops is like, we just couldn't spend that kind of dough on, you know, Lethal Weapon 2 or whatever. In trying to get 20 copies of a movie, can you think of a film that was so popular that that would have helped? Like people were just yeah. always asking for this movie. What was that? So there was one movie that etched itself in my brain and part of it was how people pronounced it. And it's the one, I mean, we would get four or five copies of something. You'd have to because so many people would want it. But we had one where it was the whole side of the shelf. Like it was top to bottom. It, they were all rented for, I don't even know how many weeks. It was just insane. And that was the powerhouse movie from Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves. It was bonkers. And people would come in and, and this is, again, small town Oregon. So people would call in or come in and they'd be like, I want Dances with Wolves. And I would... <laughs> And I just remember as a kid being like, wolves, wolves, three letters. Okay, I mean, all right. But um, but yeah, Dances with Wolves was a huge one. And I, I remember watching it as a kid and just being so bored because that wasn't my bag. And like, I'm like, this is what people are into. This is they're sweating this movie so much that like, and that's the first movie I remember where we had so many copies that the used copies were sold. And I know there's probably others, but that was the first time that I remember like, we're pricing these things, we're moving him over to the pop section and like people can buy this stuff because what are we going to do with 20 
copies of Dances with Wolves. That's insane. Yeah, that is that is wild. That part of the business, though, that, you know, the selling the previously viewed tapes, is that something that did pick up? Was that like an income generator for the store? Or was that just, we got to get them out anyway, here's a few extra bucks? Like it, I just remember it being like a turning over the new release section. So you'd have like four copies. You only need two copies after a while. So you'd price those out. The back stock of everything, you know, all the older films, those stayed the same. Like, I don't remember, aside from sometimes like height on the shelf, moving hotter things up and colder things down, which is how I learned, like, look on the bottom shelves. Like, that's where the good stuff is, because that's where, like, people would be like, this is so weird. No one's renting it. Let's put this down here. And then I would, like, just scour the bottoms in stores and be like, okay, what what kind of odd things are gonna am I going to find, you know? The question always becomes then, if you guys have your own store that is a full library of every movie, what was your home library like in your literal house did you guys have shelves of movies that were special to you or was it just like we'll just grab it from the store no we had home tapes like everybody else we had those like six hour you know three movies on a tape we had like gremlins ghostbusters and i forget what the oh uh the last dragon that was all on one tape pretty epic selection there yeah yeah and we had stuff that was taped off tv a bunch of random whatnots but definitely like tapes would get lost in my room from the store, like someone come in to rent something and be like, I haven't seen it, but I'd, I'd had it for years. Not a lot of like official tapes outside of Disney things, because sometimes with the Disney stuff, there would be like an extra one in those big clamshells. And so we'd end up with that. But mostly things taped off your free week of HBO, you know, <laughs> we didn't afford we couldn't afford HBO. But like and then people always are like, but you didn't like rent anywhere else. I'm like, no, we rented all over the place. Like, really? I mean, back in the day, you went where movies were. So like we had one store. Eventually we had three. We had um, these Sarah's and more plus movies. And then we got Willamette Street Video, which was in Eugene next to Charlie's Pool Hall, which was also an arcade, another sweet combo deal. And then we had one called Centennial Video, which my father sold so that we could go to Disneyland when my brother graduated from high school. But Centennial Video was the only one that had uh, killer clowns from outer space. And so I was always excited to go to that store, but I could never rent it because we never went there. And so then I would eventually rent it, I think from a gas station or something. But um, and even when the big chains came out, eventually a blockbuster opened across the street from us. And that's what put, put us in the ground. But um, I also rented there. I rented all over the place. We didn't have a, a foreign film section. So I once I discovered what that was, I was like, wherever those movies are is what I want to check out. And so I um, rented and bopped around every place. But I didn't even really, for my own collection, buy things until I was in the indie record store a couple years. And then I would see like tapes and stuff and be like, yeah, I should probably pick that up, you know, for seven bucks or whatever. Oh, yeah, because you would think, oh, no, you've got it all. But no, you didn't have it all. You had to shop around. I am curious to just kind of getting back to the characters that occupied the store on a regular basis. Like you said, it was a pretty close knit group. You guys kind of all knew each other. But was there ever anybody that was brought in for only a short time because they weren't meant to work in your store? They didn't gel or was it always just kind of the family and the business partners? Not really. There was I mean. From what I remember, there wasn't turnover because it's such a cush job, you know, like it was just like 
pretty easy. There was like a, a guy that was training to be a, a police officer. I remember him for a while, but I, I kind of stayed away from him because every time he talked, I just felt like I was in trouble. So <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty same, same. And then the customers, I mean, because we were next to that arcade, you know, you'd have this cross flow of kids just coming in just to browse around, you know, and that was always fun because I knew all the movies. So if they were like, I like Star Wars, I'd be like, oh, have you seen Humanoid or have you seen, you know, whatever? And they'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And so then it was kind of fun because like I was able to talk to these kids about something and it was different than like Recess where someone's talking about Robocop and I'm like, have you seen Rotor? And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) All right, well. Well, speaking of the games, though, did you guys get into video game rental as well? Or did you stay? You just did movies, huh? It was just movies. And and just to be clear, it was only VHS. We didn't have laser discs. We didn't have any, you know, those little discs. What's the one you talk about? The RCA video discs or the... the... It's like CES or something like that. Oh, or... yeah, this, yeah, the CED yeah, video yeah, discs. Yeah, 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 those. We didn't have those. We didn't have beta. My dad was strictly, he chose vhs and he's like i'm only doing vhs and so that's that's all we had yeah that's awesome i love that dedication though so you did mention then so these chains kind of start encroaching on the mom and pop area so what was your first like recollection of oh there's something happening dad's probably not happy about it like did you recognize it did he bring it up like how did you start to see okay this is going to be a problem for us by this time i had gotten into like punk rock and subversive stuff so i was already like before people even said big box stores you know that like big business was always putting like mom and pop stuff down and so even though i was like renting these places i was well aware but it just seemed natural so i wasn't like bitter or angry he wasn't either it's just very obvious that like this is what happens with business but the thing i remember the most was that we were gonna lose the battle and there was no real way to like try to fight it And so you just kind of like, well, we did what we could. But the thing that I liked the most was that those big boxes were fun and interesting to go into, but they're so sterile. And like when you go into the mom and pops and the weird video stores, they have the characteristics of those families of the of the episodes that you have uh, people talking about this, where it's just a store shoehorned into something that used to be a different store. It wasn't a new build. And so those stores always will stand out to me as like, oh, why is there a kid section? This weird like corner closet or whatever, you know, with like. And so I always just recommend people anytime you're traveling anywhere, just type in that area and video store and you'll still find these. I know that we have documentaries called The Last Blockbuster, but there's mom and pop shops still out there today. And you can go there and talk to someone whose family has had a video store since 1984. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so wonderful. And they're like, why do you even care? Like, it's just like, okay. Yeah, it's and I've, I've been able to visit some of these and some of them went out of business right after I visited. And it's kind of like, oh, no. But like, yeah, yeah, to grasp that that history, that moment in time, um, I did want to just ask, like, in the final days of the store, do you remember just loading up all the tapes and shipping them off like to a storage unit or like when all the stores finally closed? What did you guys do with your stock? Where did everything go? Great question. So I at the point was in community college and came back to visit my family and they're like, oh, yeah, we closed the store by then my father had a different business. I didn't see it like wither away or anything. I had just shift my focus as a teen to music. And so I was like, well, where's all the what's going on? And they're like, well, the so the garage, if you go in there to do a laundry or whatever, it's full of boxes. And I was like, what's in those boxes? And they're like, 
the all the videos you know somebody's going to buy the back catalog you know that's what would happen a store would go out of business another store would acquire their tapes if you're lucky and i was like interesting and so my brother had helped catalog all of this on his like commodore 64 so i went in and saw the spreadsheets and everything and some of those tapes may have not made it to the next store if you know what i'm saying uh yeah, so I went through those boxes and I was like, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Reflecting Skin is one of my tapes. And, uh, you know, you can't see back here, but Future Kills, another one. And that one's actually not from the video store because I lost that throughout the years, but I had to get it back because some of these, like Rotor, like I mentioned, they're just ingrained in me because I saw them every day. And I would, you know, some of these box arts were so good that I would then watch the movie like a month in between times being like, no, this is going to be good. And then I would watch it and be like, this is not what the box says. <laughs> but then because I got tricked so many times, I was like, I, I just love this thing. I need to have it around. So yeah, I, I uh, did make away with a few of those gems. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you held on to some of the promo items. You held on to some of the yeah. tapes. Now, what about your family though? Did they hold on to anything? Did it matter to them at all? Or it was just on to the next thing? Absolutely not at all. That's the weird thing is like, this was such a big deal. And we all just treated it like it was just something, just something that happened, I guess. And like, there's not pictures. I was in those aisles. You would think my youth would be just the video store aisles or me getting popcorn out of the popcorn machine or under that table watching videos. None of it. All of it was just like, treated like everyday whatever you know it's just like like elementary school you're just like yeah you're there but like all the fun stuff happens outside of it i was in a video store next to an arcade like it's ridiculous but none of it was until i got that video store cover art and then realized like oh my gosh my entire life is hugely impacted by these tapes and the way they were arranged on the shelf and the people that came in and, and even talked to me about stuff and and were listening to me be like oh well if you like this you should check out this and you know come over here and you know oh you like comic books well here's the howard the duck movie or whatever you know it's just yeah. It's awesome. After, you know, the family moves on from this, and like you said, you're in a different direction here. You know, you're you're getting into the next phase of your life. What was your relationship with video rental stores beyond that? And what do you recall just about that kind of fading away? Did that, you're saying like even that period didn't impact you to say, oh, video rental stores are gone. It's just Netflix now. Like, yeah, well, so early 2000s when things started to go dvd then i was like okay i guess i got to get a dvd player but i still of course had a vcr so i had so many vhs and i remember media changing but like there was still stores like uh, i lived in seattle for a year around then and like you could go to the video store and rent movies there like it was just all seemed the, the same and i didn't think like physical media was ever going to go away so even now that there's like streaming stuff clearly I still buy all of these things and need all the bonus features and whatever. And there's all these boutique labels. So it's always been like consistent for me. And even when I, once I got the book and realized, oh my gosh, my entire life has been impacted by this childhood in a video store. I started to look back and I was like, I was always renting things. I was always watching things, but it wasn't like a lot of times it's very, it's a solitary viewing for me. Like I'm not subjecting my wife to a lot of like the ninja movies and stuff that I'm into, but I've always been watching it. And now because of the podcast and things, I have a way to share that with others. But for a long time, it was just like, this is my spare time. I'm an indoor kid. I always have been. And this was what I, I did with my free time. I just was unaware of my habits for a very long time. So tell people about your podcast and kind of the whole experience of what people can get when they check it 
it out because it is something special. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about movies, but I wanted to do it in a way that's devoid of good versus bad or bashing on things. And um, there's a lot of that. You can find that people are really good at it. But what I wanted to do was talk about movies in a different way. So I started out and each episode was about a movie and the guest had the profession portrayed in the film. So if it's a movie about Peter Weller fighting a giant rat, then I find an exterminator and we talk about the movie, but also about what a good day is like for an exterminator or why someone would be an exterminator. And so it's been really fun. And then there's some alternate episodes, formats where kind of open it up a little bit where we talk about what we're currently enjoying from movies and then take a look back at like a movie that maybe people aren't talking about anymore, but deserves to be part of the conversation. And so it's um it's a fun way to bring a lot of people together, not like just celebrities, but every day you and me can celebrate stuff that's weird, usually. And where can people find it? VHS is the podcast and it's on pretty much everywhere you would find podcasts. Websites vh-us.com and social media, just VHS underscore podcast. Excellent. Very cool. So as we close out here, I just wanted to ask, as you look back on your family's experience in video rental store as a business, as a lifestyle, as all those things, do you have a favorite moment? Like, is there something you could grab onto back then? Or just, you know, like you say, is it, was it a conversation with a particular person about a movie? Was it seeing a, you know, a film being offered in a catalog and being mesmerized? Like, what could that be? Like, is there something when you think of video rental stores now that's just codified in your brain is this is it. I think it was the waiting. It was the time that you had to wait for anything. I think that that allows, it's like when you you would, for instance, my daughter was down here when she was in the studio. She was like four-ish and she pulled aliens off the shelf and was like, can we watch this? And I had to explain like, well, no, we can't watch aliens right now. You'll lose your mind. It's terrifying. And she was like, oh, come on. Everyone should have that experience where you like want to see something and someone's like, you got to wait. And and that was the thing that like, yeah, I had early access to a lot of this stuff. But going through those catalogs, I would see an image and be like, what is this? I want to see this. And then, you know, it'd be from some small company some indie and so wouldn't be on anyone else's radar so my dad would be like i don't think we're gonna get that because look at the price and everything and i was like oh man i gotta see it so that waiting was huge do you remember the movie exterminators oh yeah yeah that was the huge one for me where i saw that i cut out the thing from the newspaper i wanted to go opening day i had it in my batman wallet the little ad for it and like I I mean, it was the, the image was so hugely important so that nowadays we live in this age where it's like you hear about something and you can just put it on and just stream it. And like, if you don't like it, turn it off in one minute. But back then you had to wait. And if you got it from the video store, you went home with it and you had a day or two with this thing that you're going to watch because you paid for it. And so that experience and the trailers on the tapes were just like some of my favorite things you know and I, I i wish we still had to be subjected to the trailers of the of the indie stuff not like a million marvel things these days but like because you would see those trailers too i'm rambling but like on tapes you would see these like things where you're just like what is this this is uh, so bizarre and then you'd go to the video store and be like hey can i get this movie and they're like i don't think we have that and this is like pre-internet so sometimes like they had a binder that would have the titles like it's just like I miss all that just chaos and weirdness that like nowadays you just look on your phone and you're like oh, okay 
Yeah, it was more of a hunt. It was a journey. Yeah, I love that. A hundred percent. Just as a little bonus question here, the one thing I did want to ask, because you know, of the people that we know that their families have this business, did your family ever attend like the Las Vegas convention? Like, were you getting involved in any way in like the bigger side of the business? No, my dad is a businessman. Would go to those types of things like when he was doing the coin op stuff and like eventually doing candy and things he also brought a bunch he would go to these big candy conventions and that's one thing he would do to build out the front sort of impulse buy section of the video store was have all these novelty candies so he would like go to the candy convention walk the floor and then we get these like you know soda pop candies or like worms in dirt or things like that and those would be like kind of littered amongst the uh the front of the cash wrap situation so those yes but as far as like no he never we didn't have like the i've heard a couple guests talk about uh, independent sort of union sort of thing so a bunch of stores banding together to get better price breaks and stuff i encountered that at the records stores but i didn't see that at our at our video store level it was very much like we had one shop eventually three then two then one then none and (laughs) and that was our that was our path yeah oh well what a journey thank you so much for sharing your stories this was a lot of fun absolutely thank you so much for what you do i love listening so it's an honor to be a part This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.